0: Welcome to
1: the MBA Jam podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj.
0: Hello again, folks. Welcome to the MBA Jam. This is your host and founder, Avinash. Today, we're speaking to someone who's not just making a difference in the world through his own venture, but is actually enabling more people to make a deeper impact in this world. Today, we're speaking to Alex Pitt. Alex is a co-founder and director of Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is an impact investment firm whose investment philosophy is around supporting visionary entrepreneurs who believe would generate compelling and sustainable outcomes in the world. In fact, Muscle C's portfolio is very interesting. The investments are largely in areas of economic inclusion, education, environmental sustainability, family and community and health. We'll find out more about Alex's motivation in starting this firm. Prior to this, Alex was formerly senior vice president at Mubadala in Abu Dhabi Project leader with the Boston Consulting Group in New York, Chicago and Dubai, and investment banking analyst with Goldman Sachs in London. Alex holds an economics BSC from the London School of Economics and MBA from Stanford University. In fact, we have had really hard time to speak to each other, but Alex has been really dedicated and committed to coming onto the show. So let's welcome Alex to the show. Alex, welcome.
1: Thank you, I really appreciate the time.
0: No worries Alex in fact you know this is this is highly unconventional but I'm going to start with that route so you know we, we've had a few difficulties in connect you know your, your schedule is busy then sometimes my schedule is busy so I was really interested to find out and I think the audience will also need to find out you know what what kept you motivated to even want to come onto the show what got you inspired? Well
1: look I really appreciate reaching out first and foremost um I think for me, it's been a real privilege to have been on the journey that I've been on with Mustard Seed, and mm-hmm. um, I think for me, Stanford Business School has played an integral part in my career, and any opportunity I that I'm going to have to share that experience with folks, and um, and to give back in that sense, I, I've stayed very involved with the school since I left almost 10 years ago now, which is rather scary, <laughs> um, but any chance that I get to share kind of what role the school has played in my own experience since I left, and it has played a very fundamental role, and I can see it playing an excre- increasingly central role in what we're doing at Mustard Seed. So, um, so yeah, that's really that's the primary motivation, to be honest.
0: Fair enough. No, you know, we we really appreciate you, you know, going going all the way out to try and be on the show. So, first of all, I just wanted to say thanks, thanks a lot, Ned. Once. Sure. <laughs> So Alex, how would you like to describe your journey in in your own words, you know, where did you begin and what was your thought process as you went along from, uh, you know, from the undergraduate to different work areas and then to MBA and then to Mustard Seed, how, what was your thought process along the way?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, um, well, I'm sort of 15 years into my career now, I started out as undergraduate at the LSC, which um, was in many ways a great experience, I wouldn't say probably academically, not the the best experience, but I think in, in, you know, met my closest friends during my time there, including my co-founder, uh, Henry, who I've started Mustard Seed with, and we would stayed in, in very close touch over the years, albeit followed slightly different career paths, and uh, you came back together. But well, we stayed in touch, but really came back together professionally about four or five years ago, thinking about what we would do together. Um, in the meantime, I guess one could say I followed a fairly traditional career path, a, Sort of not not fell into investment banking after undergraduate, but I think probably followed the herd a little bit. And in retrospect, I had a phenomenal time at Goldman Sachs and stayed for a couple of years in M&A advisory. Um, But realised, you know, after a couple of years there, that that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. Um, It ended up being actually a great springboard, and and the network from my time at Goldman Sachs has also played a very important role. And I will say. The network's really, I mean, our, our whole business that must have seen in many ways is a network. So the connections that I've developed over the years from Goldman Sachs, Stanford, BCG, Mubadler and so on have really been, been very central. Um, so I was relatively young when I went to business school, um, about 23, 24, I think. And um, I'd always I'd always wanted to go to the U.S. And uh, given the MBA was born there, I thought no better place to go than Stanford. and uh, I was very, very fortunate to have got in Um and really, in many ways, best two years of my life. Very happy very happy two years. Uh, met my wife while I was there. Um, nice. And then, um, yeah, I just met some phenomenal people. Some of my closest friends now from, from those two years of business school now. Sadly scattered all over the world, so I don't see them as much as I would like. But um, if I think about where everyone is now, from my, my group that lived together in our second year, we, we have uh, one in San Francisco, one in New York, one in Miami, um, so difficult to reach them sometimes, but <laughs> we always stay together and catch up quite regularly. Um, so I got involved in, 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 I guess, various different things at Stanford. For me, entrepreneurship and, and certainly impact investing was never on the agenda. It was far, far from it, really. I was, uh, I guess, because I was young in part. I felt like I, I wasn't experienced enough yet to start my own business, and mm-hmm. um, I would guess that was probably true. I think there's, there's no way I could have started what I'm doing now. Ten years ago, primarily because I just didn't have the the experience and the the networks to do that. Um, I ended up joining BCG, Boston Consulting Group, after I graduated. I actually did a summer internship with them in Chicago and then joined full time in New York. Um, and ended up spending about three just three and a half years. Uh, I really enjoyed my time at BCG. Um, moved with BCG just after my wife and I got married in early 2009 to Dubai, initially on a on a one-year to comment, and we ended up staying uh, staying for six years, which was not what we had planned. But we, mm-hmm. we had a great life out there, and I ended up getting an offer from a at the time a quite young but really interesting sovereign wealth fund in Abu Dhabi called and and um, was through a through a BCG connection. Um, ended up staying staying for five and a half years and various senior roles there, um, and then started what what became Mustard Seed initially as a hobby, uh, and here we are today. And I'm happy to talk a little bit about what we do now. At, that's been the professional journey and I think always, for, for me, always in, in life following uh, following my intuition and, mm-hmm. and making decisions based on the people that I come across and looking for organizations or to do business in the case of mustercy with people that I
0: admire and respect and feel I can learn from and share the same values as me yeah that's that's really interesting so so you, you're quite right that i think i think the beginning of the journey was quite typical right because you went from finance to mba which, which is quite an appealing uh career option um in in, yeah. when you're in finance and then uh consulting yeah. from there i think i think changed first of all congratulations on meeting your wife <laughs> uh in in the mba no idea and in fact to be honest i've had so many conversations and now it's not even uncommon i've seen a few situations now <laughs>
1: Yeah, my wife was not a. She was not a fellow student. She was actually working as a nurse in the Stanford Hospital. But I ah. happened to go to the happened to go to the right bar on whatever Thursday night that was in 2005. <laughs> was like, was
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I think I think you went to consulting after that. And I think maybe something changed while you were in uh, Abu Dhabi. Is it's at? I'm trying to understand at what point of time did you actually decide that you know you, you don't want to remain in a traditional path um, and actually want to start you know following your values like how you said and start mustard seed when did the thought actually start coming into your mind
1: well I think probably after three or four years in the UAE I started thinking about moving back to the UK to be closer to family and and also to be closer to my wife's family in the US she's from mm-hmm. Mississippi um, so I started exploring, I guess, more traditional career options and thinking about bigger organizations, bigger companies that I could join. But we always had in the back of our minds, Henry Wigan and myself, my co-founder and I, that the idea that we would start something together. So it was really around 2000, late 2014, that we started having long, long conversations on Skype. I was in, in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Henry was in London at BlackRock, big fund manager. Mm. Um initially with the idea that we would start our own business, but frankly we had, we had no, no good ideas. We, we had six months of quite frustrating in the end because yeah, we, we did literally had, had no good ideas that we thought would t- turn into a viable business. Um, so at the end of that period of time, we thought it was about time to, to find other people with better ideas than we had. So we, we started going to universities in early 2015 and uh, basically showing up saying we had 20,000 pounds to invest in, in bright, talented students with a good idea. Uh, for for us, not initially, or at least for me, not explicitly with a, a social impact focus. Hmm. Um, but we found ourselves gravitating towards those kinds of businesses, and and these events became quite big events with kind of three four hundred people showing up wanting to present their business plans. Um, and that's how Mustard Seed became Mustard Seed. Really, it wasn't called called Mustard Seed at the time. It was whatever each university wanted to call us when we sure. showed up. Um, but it it had a, its own. It sort of took on its own life, really, what we were doing, and quite quickly became quite unsustainable to do it alongside our previous jobs. You know, Henry was managing a large fund at BlackRock. I was in a quite senior role at Moobadler and, and there was a clear compromise on our time. So we decided to launch full-time. Uh, I see. It just made sense to move back to London as part of that because our
0: centre of gravity for what we were doing was in London at the time. I see. I see. Very, very interesting. Uh, we'll come to Mustard Seed very soon. I'm very keen to try and and focus on um, uh, the MBA thought process. So why why Stanford? Um,
1: I I always really, um, you know, as I said before, I've looked for organizations and institutions in life where I admire the people that um, were in leadership roles or had been part of those organizations. And I'd worked with a couple of colleagues at Goldman Sachs who'd who'd had their MBAs from Stanford and also a couple of summer interns, I guess, who were doing a Goldman Sachs internship in in between their two years. And I I just really connected with them on a personal level and and really um, admired them, what they'd done with their careers. Um, I met at the time a gentleman called Derek Bolton who came to do an admission session um, Um, at the office in London. I I really liked the ethos of how he communicated the school of of Stanford Business School, and um, and it was, you know, it was an initial brief conversation but turned into a great friendship. He stepped down recently as the missions director after, I guess, around 15 years in that role. Um, So, yeah, it really, as it it has always come down to, to be honest, in important decisions that I've made in life, and uh, it came down to the, the relationships and. The people that I met and of course I knew that Stanford had a phenomenal reputation of course I knew that it had a reputation around um, innovation and entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. it it, it is in the heart of Silicon Valley but that's all things that you can read online and it's commonly known to people and um, for me really it it did come down to the people that I met.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely fair enough. Did you did you consider other universities um, in in the US and also in the UK for example you know the Oxford and the Cambridge and London Business School?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I looked at the U.S., and, and I, I actually was was always wanting to go to the U.S. I didn't consider Europe at the time. I will say that probably if I were applying now, I might well consider mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, the European schools, because I think now they're really, in, you know, the likes of INSEAD and, and ESA and London Business School, really, really good schools, and we certainly see a lot of very talented students at those universities that are um, potential funding targets for us at Mustard Seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, at the time, I was pretty focused on the top U.S. business schools, um, so I applied to Stanford, Harvard, Columbia. Uh, I believe I applied to in the end as well. But Stanford was always far and away the, the place that I wanted to go. I just had, felt a real pull there. To be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And looking back, you know, this this is one point that keeps coming up. And looking back, did you what What do you think of investing two years uh, as as opposed to investing one year in in some of the European schools?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very case specific. You know, mm-hmm. I, get, I get asked a lot by students now, and. Um, it really depends on one's own circumstances. I think certainly having uh, doing the MBA before children came on the scene was a consideration. Mm-hmm. The opportunity cost, I guess, was lower. If I were to think about you know, we have three, three boys now at age five and under, and you know, the, <laughs> the monthly expense line item gets bigger and bigger with school fees <laughs> and so on, and I, I can't imagine taking two years out, just literally being able to survive with two years out of the workforce now. But when I was 23, 24, I was, I was able to take that slightly longer term view and of course, you know, like like most people, I graduated with quite a lot of debt, but I was able to pay that back over a period of time um, through my salary. I mean, I sort of cobbled together the funding from personal personal savings, uh, very small amounts from, um, yeah, family, loans, sort of, I, I mixed it all together, to be honest. Um, but I've never met anyone, to be honest, maybe sort of anecdotal comment, but relevant, hopefully, that I've never met anyone who's got an MBA from a top uh, global program who who regret having done it? To be honest, <laughs> it'd be a very simple thing to say. But no one ever said to me, "Oh, I can't believe I I shouldn't have spent those two years at whatever top business school it was."
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, fair enough. Now, considering that you were at Stanford, and considering the proximity, you know, to, to Silicon Valley, and you know, I, I don't know how it was back in the days, but now I I, I keep reading a lot, especially in the digital space. That having MBA MBA yeah. sometimes becomes. Uh, a liability rather than an advantage at least that's what some of the media seems to suggest. <laughs> what, what what has been your experience?
1: Well I, I would completely very strongly disagree with that I, I, I must say I mean um, the experience albeit 11-12 years ago has been uh, been enormous in terms of what I've seen happen since then and uh, very very now pl- for the Stanford network and has a very fundamental role in what we do plenty of our investors are classmates from business school. Um, there's a very interesting pipeline of Stanford alumni who we're looking at from an investment perspective. A very prominent um, private equity executive is the most recent investor into our company, and I reached out mm. to him via the GSB, the Stanford Business School network. Um, so across many dimensions, not to mention, of course, the the experience itself, the friendships, what I learned in the classroom. Um, uh, but again, it really depends. You know, for some people, it, it may not be the right thing to do. I was young. I was mm. inexperienced. I thought it would be a great building block for whatever I chose to do next. And I, frankly, age 24, had no, no clue what I wanted to do next, which is in, in large part why I thought going to a top business school would be a useful thing to spend a couple of years doing to expose myself to, to all sorts of interesting people who'd done lots of different, diverse things before. And that was certainly true. I mean, Sanford, and, and I'm sure this is the case, I know it's the case that other top schools do a great job attracting people from very diverse backgrounds that played a really important role. But, you know, if if one is having a very, very successful career um, and knows exactly what one wants to do, then the the rationale for doing two years at a top school may be less compelling. And I I can fully respect and understand why it's not right for some people. And I guess that's in part why you've seen a strong growth in executive MBA programs, which give people more flexibility to get an MBA alongside what they're doing currently Mm -hmm. uh, and do it on more flexible terms and over a slightly shorter period of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. I I think it does come down to case by case, and to be honest, that's that's one of the motivations of inviting uh, more people onto the show to try and get different experiences. Because for some people, an executive uh, part time MBA makes more sense at, at a local yeah. university rather than you know investing a full time effort on it. Absolutely, completely, yeah. completely, completely agreed. Now, now you 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 obviously you know you, you did your research. You spoke to a lot of people. You decided on Stanford. How did the reality compare with the perception after you went there?
1: Mm, mm. I don't know if I knew what to expect, to be honest. It was so <laughs> far away from me. I'd never been to California before. <laughs> was that
0: the California. first time you were even going to the U.S. itself, or was that the first time
1: you were actually... Oh, I'd been to the U.S. I'd been to the U.S. a couple of times, I think to the East Coast, Boston and New York, but I'd never been to the West Coast. So for me, it was yeah, it was like going to kind of a Nirvana. I mean, everyone was wearing shorts, looking happy, palm trees. There was so far away than anything I was ever used to, Uh, you know, the the cold and grey in the UK, I mean, I love the UK, but, you know, the weather's not very good most of the year, Um, so, um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, I just just knew, I I felt very intuitively in my heart that it was worth worth giving it a shot, and, you know, I remember that, it literally was that night because, you know, San Francisco is eight hours behind London and I was working until like 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. at my desk in banking and got a flashing voicemail from Derek Bolton and he called everyone who gets in mm, it's interesting. A pretty, you know very very personal touch he, he always had when he was director of admissions and I remember listening to that message I think I'd just gone to the bathroom so I missed his call but he'd left a message <laughs> and I remember just the, the sheer delight and the euphoria I felt when he told me I'd been given a place um, Yeah, and, and just, just uh, never looked back and it was the most, most wonderful two years
0: I I know I can I can imagine and to be honest you're making me jealous because I got into University of California but I decided to come to London to do my MBA in Imperial. <laughs> well, both
1: both phenomenal schools for
0: sure. Yeah, I think I think the weather is what made me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say the same thing about London, UK. <laughs> great, absolutely great. Um, I mean, I mean, so it it was a great experience. Um, do you have some? You know, I, I know it's been almost 10-11 years now but are there any yeah, points yeah. that really stand out for you saying okay these two or three experiences were the best and you know people who are going there what what could it relate to?
1: Yeah um, I guess there's two or three I mean there's many things that stand out that I you know I repeated several times but I'll say it again really the the relationships are above all what endures um, and the friendships um, you know there's a sort of core of 10 or so really close friends from my class and then there's a the wider network of 300 classmates, and you know, we, we had our 10-year anniversary last last April, and it was just wonderful to see everyone. Um, it really does feel like being part of a family, in, in large part because of the, the small class sizes. I think relative to some other schools, that really foster those those close connections. Um, but I think you know, overriding um, memories. Um, you know, one, for example, that stands out was was when I co- ran the uh, one of the study trips. So. There's a requirement now for MBA students at Stanford to have some sort of global experience, whether it be an internship or an international trip. And I Mm. co-ran what's called a study trip to India and Pakistan. So myself and four classmates um, organized a trip to meet senior politicians and business leaders. Um, And just that whole process of designing the trip, uh, thinking about who we were going to meet, the agenda, securing appropriate funding from the school, and then, and then very, um, you know, great experience and, and having to select who was going to come. I mean, incredibly painful, to be honest, at the time, having to select, I think, 20 or so of my classmates uh, from probably two or 300 that applied and having to explain to friends of mine who'd spent probably hours applying and crafting an essay as to why they should come on this study trip to India and Pakistan, having to explain why we couldn't bring them with us because, you know, here were our criteria for evaluation <laughs> and here's, here's where they had fallen short was really hard to do, but I learned a lot from that project. Um, has that,
0: has uh, it, has sorry, it? sorry to interrupt, but has that made uh, your, your job easier now to say no to companies who are asking for investment? Is that where the whole process of saying no, although you want to say yes, start?
1: Well, I've never been very good at saying no to people, as my wife will testify. I've always been quite a, I, I like saying yes to people. <laughs> um, but I think that was a good learning for me That, that it's really important Uh, obviously to say no sometimes and also when you say no to explain why you're saying no. Um, And yes, I mean, there's a very strong correlation and if you look at what we do now at Mustard Seed, you know, we receive around 3,000 business plans a year in our inbox from all sorts of different places uh, and we pick eight to 10 of those companies to invest in and so we we do have to say no to almost everyone Um, and really taking the time, as much time as we can offer to explain why we're saying no, it really makes a big difference and we actually get we get referred a lot of new business plans and entrepreneurs from entrepreneurs that we've previously said no to. Yeah, um, which is which is really important to us. So that w- that was a great experience. A couple of classes that stand out. One was called Leadership Perspectives, where mm-hmm. they would bring in kind of very seasoned, uh, I guess, successful "quote unquote" people who'd, who'd very been very senior in private sector, public sector, and so on to talk about their leadership journey. Um, it was a kind of um, closed door session. Um, the assumption was that nothing that was said, or the specifics of, of what was said by these leaders, would leave the room, um, and you would learn huge amounts about, I guess, you know, how people had been successful, some of the challenges they would faced along the way, some of the compromises they'd had to make between family and career and friends. I remember very vividly one extremely well-known chairman and CEO who talked about kind of the three buckets of, uh, you know, his profession, his job, his family, and his friends, and feeling like. You couldn't or he couldn't optimize and and have really all three in parallel um, and so he just felt and he made a conscious choice actually to in some way neglect his friendships over a period of his career maybe it was a decade or so um, and uh, for the sake of his family I and mean, he did have a lot of children which maybe was part of part of a consideration <laughs> but just hearing hearing all these perspectives I, I learned a huge amount from that um, another for me it was it was really these leadership. Some might say softer skills, but I think a lot of people are now saying these are actually the hard skills of business. Um, another one called high-performance leadership, which was around traits of, of leaders. Um, yeah, and then just the lifestyle, to be honest. I played a lot of tennis while I was there, and actually my best friend from business school was someone I met playing tennis, and we play much less now than we used to, but now <laughs> we go on holiday every year with, with our wives and our children, and we always make sure that we have at least one tennis match, and so that's, that was the the pillar of our friendship and always will be. Fantastic.
0: That, that, that's really, that's really great to hear. Now, you know, based on what you said, some of the criteria points for choosing Stanford and also, you know, some of the initiatives that you took during during MBA school and the thought process you're mentioning. So after you finished your MBA, you went on to join Boston Consulting Group, and then you went on to join Mobadala, and then you started your yeah. own company. So listening yeah. to you speak right now, it feels like you were 10 years late to starting your own company. Was that like a deliberate effort or did you never even consider starting your company I'm trying to understand if the entrepreneurship which actually comes out from the conversation is that something that grew with you or is that something that you were trying to balance it
1: I just never even thought to start a business when I was 25 graduating from business school I didn't feel like I was ready It just never entered the realm of my consideration also you know frankly I think entrepreneurship was just less maybe less common in a way than it is now Mm. for people to think about that um you know, and I come from a fairly conservative background, and you know, seeing people follow relatively traditional career paths around me. Um, so there was maybe a feeling that that's what I would, that's what I ought to do. But I don't regret for a second mm. not starting a business after business school, because I don't think I would have been successful in, in, in any way close to what we've been able to achieve. We still have a huge amount to do at Seed, but I wouldn't have been able to start what I'm doing now ten years ago without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Interesting, interesting. So, 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 you're saying the experiences over the last ten years have actually shaped um, a, a better, uh, you know, version of you to actually run this business at this day. So, this is actually the more perfect time for you to run it.
1: I feel, I feel for what we do, yes, as an investment mm. firm, and especially in impact investing. A, I have the experience. I have the network. You know, much better network than I had ten years ago, and and also what we do now around impact investing was not even a dot on the map back in 2005-2006 when I was leaving business school. Now it's much more talked about and
0: written about and, uh, and there's more of a movement around it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, you spoke about impact investing. What was your motivation to start Mustard Seed? Was it was it you wanting to solve this problem and nobody else doing it? Or was it you wanting to run on your own? Which Which one came first? <laughs>
1: I think really at its simplest level, it was about wanting to do something a bit more, a lot more meaningful mm. with my career and my life. Um, as I mentioned, doing it with Henry, was always something we we talked about doing something together for a long time. Um, and yeah, just wanting to see a a more direct correlation between what I put into my career and my job and what, what came out, i.e. the impact I was able to achieve, um, I think, you know, partly it was around um, yeah, what I saw happening, which was these university events, we were we were hosting these events, and really brilliant students were wanting to start businesses that were tackling big challenges in the world, big problems in the areas of healthcare and education and environmental sustainability and so on. And for me, the opportunity that we had and it was really sh- shocking, to be honest, that we had this opportunity because we couldn't quite believe we were going to these universities, saying we had twenty thousand pounds to invest. And we were getting three, four hundred people show up to present their business plans to us. We, we found that pretty ludicrous at the beginning. Yes. Um, but, uh, but, but there was clearly an opportunity there. And we, we jumped on the opportunity, and that's how we built it up. Um, so, no, it's been, it's been really rewarding. And, um, yeah, I, I derive a lot of meaning and purpose to what I do now, which, not I say, I didn't before, but it's very different. Um, and also the flexibility. Hmm. Of what we do is, is great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working probably longer hours than I've ever worked in a way. But being able to, to work from where we want to work, and you know, we go back to the US every summer, close to where my wife is from, which is really nice to be able to spend time with her family. Um, so that's been great as well.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So what what's next for you? Now I mean I mean Master Seed is quite young, so obviously there's going to be a lot of yeah. you know your energy that's going to go into that. Um, what yeah. what what what? How does it look for you in your in maybe in the next five years? Or what's your horizon look like? Or have you actually thought that far ahead and further?
1: I, I haven't thought beyond um, beyond the next five years. I mean I'm thirty six now. I think you know I can definitely see myself doing this very very full time until I'm at least forty, and then who knows? Uh, you know I was just talking to a very good friend who's he's probably in his mid-50s now and thinking about what he's going to do with the remainder of, of his, his career. And obviously we now all live longer than our predecessors and our, uh, our parents. And so we, we have to think about careers over a much longer time frame. I, I don't know. I should, probably at some point I will, I will pick what that eventual dot on the horizon is going to be. But for now, I'm so consumed with what we're doing and we want to build an organization that's going to outlive us for sure. Um, you know, and I think we, we've got a point, to a point now as much to see where it's a... Viable, sustainable organisation that will um, will endure, but there's still a lot more that we want to achieve and, and mo- a lot more impact we want to have uh, with
0: what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I, and I love what what you guys are doing on Mustard Seed. In fact, anyone listening, just go check out Mustard Seed uh, website and and you'll see how how cool it is. Um, so Alex, uh, you know, one, one specific question. If I placed you in a room with MBA program directors and lecturers for Stan- from Stanford university, what would you tell them to improve the curriculum based on your experience?
1: Um, well, it's quite hard for me to say cause I left 12 years ago and, and I think what I would have said 12 years ago when I left has probably largely been addressed. Um, you know, I think the two things that I would have observed when I was there, um, most definitely has been addressed, which was the building we were in was a kind of ugly old 1970s-style <laughs> building, and I think it's still there, but the, the new campus, the, the Knight Management Center, Phil Knight, founder of Nike, um, endowed doubt that is, is a phenomenal campus, I must say. Um, the other two parts that were sort of a little bit lacking when I was there was I would say one was the curriculum was not truly as global as it could have been, kind of bringing out global perspectives in the classroom, and I, I was pushing to do what I could. I co-ran something called the Global Management Programme, um, but, but that's definitely been addressed and as I mentioned there's now a requirement for uh, for, for all students to have some sort of global experience um, and I guess the other part that was um, didn't so much affect me but I could see for people who had a lot of finance experience so uh, everyone basically took the same base course requirements when they were in their first year so it wasn't necessarily tailored to the previous experience that MBA students had whereas now Uh, I forget exactly how it works but it's much more tailored so if someone has worked for six or seven years in finance and private equity they wouldn't take the same accounting class for example as someone who comes from a marketing or PR background Mm. Um, and I think Stanford at the time was was ahead of its peers in terms of thinking about this tailoring of the MBA program um, to the needs of the individual students so I think that's been a great success
0: Yeah absolutely I I love the concept of tailoring the programs I've spoken about that a few times on, on the show as well it's I, yeah. think, I think in today's world, it, it is so important. I mean, every business is trying to tailor based on, you know, reading the data and reading the signals. I think I'm pretty sure MBA schools can do a good job. <laughs> Great. Um, Alex, I, I don't want to keep you too long. I, I know I know you're busy uh, and, and you've got a family to go attend to. Um, one question is, you know, what is the one thing you wish I had asked
1: you? Um, that is a very, very good question. Um. What's the one thing? Um, I don't know. Let me give that some thought and send you an email if that's okay. That's a very good one, and I don't want to give a rush. I don't want to give a rushed answer to it, so I'd like
0: to give that some consideration. No worries, no okay. worries. And on the on the flip side, you know, what is what is the one you know thought that you really want to get out there to people who are listening? It could be anything. About, it could be about MBA. It could be about career choices. It could be about you know making decisions generally in life. It could be anything. Yeah, um, I think just
1: being open and, and meeting people and, and being responsive, I think, leads to a lot of different different great things happening. As a, as a Canadian friend of mine said to me once, "Just being around the hoop, a lot of things happen when you're around the hoop in basketball." Um, not that I play basketball at all, but I, I think I got the analogy, and uh, I would definitely resonate with that. Being out there, meeting people, being helpful to people, um, you know, a lot, a lot comes around in life. I feel um, giving lots of things a try. You know, people only know what you end up getting accepted to do or what works out, not the things that don't work out. And with with every success comes lots and lots of attempts and lots of failures and rejections. And that I would definitely resonate with my own experience. I've applied for countless more things than I've been accepted to in life. And, and that's just part of the course. It was it was hard at the beginning, but I've just learned to accept that. Um, so, so that's definitely something I would say. And I, I'd be more than happy that anyone who's considering business school, whether it be Stanford or other school, they'd be happy to speak to them. I'm still very involved in uh, Stanford Business School. Um, from an admissions perspective and do, do interviews quite often for
0: prospective applicants to the school and sit on admissions panels and so on. Perfect. No, fantastic. Thanks a lot, Alex. In fact, that's a good segue to my last question. How how do people know more about you and how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I'm more than happy to meet anyone who'd like to have the time. Um, so my, my email is on the website. And, um, you know, in London, most of the time I don't travel as much as I used to when I was in consulting, which is good. Um
0: so, um, so, yeah, I'm more than happy for people to get in touch anytime. Absolutely. What, what's your website, Alex? Is it mustardseed.vc? Is that, is that the website? Yeah.
1: yeah. That's but, it.
0: Yep. Perfect. My email
1: is alex.mustardseed.vc.
0: Perfect. And, and, guys, I can really vouch for it. Alex is really responsive. Um, he's busy, so please be considerate. Uh, please be more specific in case you're asking him any questions. Um, but otherwise, let me know, and I can I can always put across your reference to Alex.
1: Appreciate that. Thank
0: you very much. <laughs> no worries, Alex. Thanks a lot for your time. Really, really appreciate. It. I know, I know, you're running to your home right now. Uh, so really no appreciate taking No, no and, your uh, time.
1: You and I must find time to meet up as well. So let's make sure that happens before
0: Christmas. Absolutely, Alex. Which which places are you? And so, uh, are you are you mostly in London? Are you are you travelling to different places as well?
1: We are here um, so a couple of short trips in Europe, and then back to Alabama, Mississippi for Christmas, near where my wife is from.
0: Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. We should definitely catch up. Thanks a lot, Alex. Right.
1: Appreciate it. Have a nice very much. Have a good evening.
0: You too. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to the mbajam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.